It's the Fun to Know podcast. On today's show, Jamaluddin Takuma. My grandson had been, you know, looking at the Wiggles for such a long time. You know, <laughs> I wanted to surprise him by taking him to the concert. So the next day, I go to have breakfast, and who come come walking in? The Wiggles. They walked in for breakfast that morning. You know, I went over to them and I introduced myself, and I, you know, showed them who I was on on, um, on Facebook and you know whatever. <laughs> So I gave him my number, and then about an hour later, my sister got an email saying that, you know, Anthony wants you to come to New York to do um, an episode. So they wrote a song for me, uh, Bass Guitar Man, you know, play that bass guitar, you know. I was like, wow, so one one of the best paying gigs I ever did. (laughs) (laughs) And then I showed him the the TV, he's like, Grandpa, and the Wiggles on TV, he was floored. I say, I got to give you some of this money that I made, grandson. Because <laughs> if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't get hooked up. <laughs> Greetings and welcome back to the Fun to Know podcast with Dan Buskirk. Here we talk with artists, writers, and musicians about their lives and work. We can be found along with past episodes at SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher under Fun to Know podcast, always with the numeral two. You can find photos and more about our guests on the Fun to Know podcast pages at Facebook and at Twitter, and we'll be delighted if you'll take a minute to leave a review for the show on iTunes, or just send us a note with your thoughts through Facebook. Thanks again for listening. A couple of quick announcements before today's show. My film appreciation classes at Fleischer Arts Memorial in South Philly continue starting Monday, February 11th. It's Shakespeare on Film where over four Mondays we'll be looking at examples of the Bard's work adapted for film, including Franco Zeffirelli's Taming of the Shrew with Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton, Roman Polanski's Macbeth, Kenneth Branagh's Much Ado About Nothing, and Julie Taymor's The Tempest with Helen Mirren as Prospero. You can find out more and sign up at Fleischer.org. And on December 13th, I'll be hosting a music and film event at the Rotunda in West Philly, featuring a set by Basquiat Blues, featuring trumpeter Eru Sabakara Kansu, followed by a screening of director Basil Dearden's 1962 film All Night Long, an adaptation of Shakespeare's Othello that sets the bard's story in a single night in a British loft during a jazz jam session. The film features performances by Richard Attenborough, Patrick McGowan, Paul Harris, as well as featuring appearances by jazz legends Charles Mingus and Dave Brubeck. You can find a link with more info at the Rotunda's Facebook page. Now on to today's show, as we welcome back bassist extraordinaire Jamaluddin Takuma. Jamaluddin was our guest back on episode 11 of the podcast, where we talked about growing up in Philly, his discovering the bass in his teen years, joining Ornette Coleman's electric primetime band while still a young man, as well as his world travels and his love of fashion. A few months back, I had him as a guest on my show on WPRB Princeton, at the time promoting his annual Outsiders Festival, where Jamaluddin has brought a number of improvised music lineups to Philadelphia for some incredible shows. The 2018 edition brought back Ornette Coleman's primetime band, now led by Coleman's son, Donardo. I've edited the promotional parts of the conversation, but that left still much of interest. We discussed Jamaluddin's recent Tonight Show appearance, his friendship with the band The Roots, the return of primetime, winning the Benny Golson Award, working with the kid rock sensations The Wiggles, Jamaluddin's red carpet room boutique, having kids, saxophonist Keir Neuringer, and the Japanese sci-fi classic The Mysterians. 
We'll also hear from Jamaluddin's latest release, Ganawa Soul Experience, partially recorded on location in Morocco. This Saturday, November 17th, Jamaluddin will be playing music from this release, bringing together Philadelphia musicians along with Moroccan musicians living in the U.S. for what promises to be a special night of music. You can find out more at Jamaluddin's Facebook page or at clefclubofjazz.org. We'll hear a little of the record now as we head over to our conversation. Thanks to WPRB Princeton for providing the setting for today's interview. Jamaluddin Takuma in the studio, the uh, bassist extraordinaire, first came up in Philadelphia and got scooped up by Ornette Coleman when he was putting together his new electric band, Primetime. Uh, Jamaluddin was just a young man at the time and uh, ended up in, in Paris and uh, a career just has, uh, you know, continued to grow and prosper in all that time since. And he's back here today to talk about a, a lot of things I think he, he's been doing throughout the uh, throughout the Atlantic. Last year. Good morning, Jamal Adib. <laughs> Good morning, Dan. How are you? Uh, I'm <laughs> cool doing, to see you, man. <laughs> yeah, great to see you. Me and Jamal Adib, we're talking about uh, Japanese horror movies. Uh, <laughs> love, we love them. Yeah. You know, but when I saw your post and I was like, oh, man, Dan is into that stuff, too. So every time you, you, you know, you, you show something, whatever, I'm always commenting on it because it's just so kooky and I, I love it, too. <laughs> <laughs> we're on, on, on Facebook, you know, I usually check in with what a... Well, I saw the Mysterians a while ago. Oh, my, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't yeah. you know? Wait a minute. Yeah. Why would you mention the Mysterians? Because I just uh, saw a Japanese horror movie I just well, saw recently. Did you know? No. That that was my favorite movie. That is my favorite all-time Japanese movie. <laughs> I, I still no remember idea. the music. You remember when they was they were they were you know the tanks were melting. I mean, golly, that's my favorite. Oh, that's Mysterians. amazing. Yeah, they come to Earth and. They just won, uh, you know, three miles by three miles or something. That's but, my favorite all-time uh, Japanese uh, movie. <laughs> For real, the Mysterians. It, it's a great one. It took me a while yeah, to track it down. I got it. I got it on VHS. Oh. I, I got it on VHS and DVD. <laughs> Crazy. That's what that is. 
<laughs> I mean, really, seriously. It's funny that you mentioned that. I mean, seriously. That, like, you know, you know, wow. We talked about both uh, watching a lot of Dr. Shock when we were <laughs> we were younger, where he used to show the uh, the, the, the horror movies on uh, on the UHF channel. But, uh, thank you so much for for coming in. It's great to have you here. Um, because wait a minute, because I never mentioned. I don't. I don't think I've ever mentioned the Mysterians to you. Did I? I don't think. So. Maybe you just carry a little of that Mysterian <laughs> vibe, you know? That's, like that's my that is my movie. That is my all time great movie, The Mysterious. Yeah, yeah, you know the round helmets, you know the the bird beak, you know. I mean, come on. I, it's, it's sort of fascinating to think of history too, and that the Japanese, you know, had just gotten through World War II and been mm. occupied, and here's this movie about you know a new right. sort of occupying power. Right, come, right, right. Know, like there's a there's definitely a, a tension there that's very real. You know the you know, you know the vowel, you know. It's beautiful design. You know, yeah, that's stuff. one yeah. thing that I, you know I really dug about most of those Japanese films is the whole design concept you know and the whole miniature the sets which were miniature you know cities and, and all of that you know it was all cool yeah yeah and design is uh, certainly a, a big part of uh, Jamaladeen, mm-hmm. uh, the Jamaladeen <laughs> Takuma experience it, it goes together I was I was coming in today and I stopped at the uh, local record store and the clerk there uh, wanted to uh, let me know let me let me know what kind of shoes Jamaladeen <laughs> is wearing when he gets there because he is known to be uh, what oh they used to call gosh. a clothes horse oh my goodness and it's, he looks as sharp as ever today it's, it's just you know I'm just happy to be around and doing my thing, and and I'm you know really appreciative to you know guys like yourself who make this thing happen for all of us, and always so appreciative of it. Dan. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> I was at last year at the, at the yes, Outsiders yes, Festival. Yes. I, I introduced an actor to. Yes, it's very yes, that exciting. was we were so happy to have you there do that. You know, you know, like last year was really interesting because you know we had. Um, uh, Harriet Tubman, and we had uh, we had uh, you know David Mary and Cahill Elzabar, and then we ended it that night with Jamie Saft and Ch- uh, Chuck Hammer, and um, that was that was really interesting. That was one of the more fun nights I've had in Philadelphia, to tell the truth. <laughs> that was a stunning collection of musicians because they, you know, they all were pulled together by, by you know, certain improvised qualities in, mm-hmm. the, in their music. But it was a, a beautiful range of people. It was a very, uh, uh, you know, eclectic, free-moving, mm-hmm. uh, you know, genres of music and shifted around. And uh, yeah. I, I left there uh, sort of uh, mm. emotionally exhausted okay. by how great everything was. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's part of. I mean, for me, uh, the curatorial aspect is is really important in terms of putting together all of those things because it really comes down just to the chemistry. It's just the same as you when you when you're here at the station and you're playing everything that you love to play. It's sort of a uh, a mixture of things that chemically makes something else happen. And so it's the same thing when I'm putting together that festival. It's real important for me to to first tap into the highest level of improvisational. A quality that exists with with all the musicians that I, I choose to work with, and and me knowing them and them knowing me and knowing what um, I, I I I know what they do to say, um, it makes all the difference in the world in terms of putting the whole concept of the concert together. And there was you know. just a, a good vibe at that night that really seemed like the specific Jamaladeen good vibe. <laughs> it's where all, you know the, every, everybody the, was smiling yeah, and the, eating the, and having a good the, time. Yeah, the Outsiders Festival is always like that. You know, like I say, aside from the you know the music being i would think on that very high level in terms of improvisation um you know you know there's always some great food there you know and folks is just having a wonderful time all the cool people are there and you know people who would really appreciate 
you know, music and appreciate creativity and pre appreciate improvisation is, is, is a wonderful thing. And, and, and it's funny, last year I even, um, Asamina Kremos, who's in uh, Brad Forbes, and she's a dancer, and they put together Pizza Nets, also included on the Outsiders um, recording the sound effects from that particular performance that they did. So, you know, all of those things, they make sense to me when I'm putting that festival together, you know. And people have been supporting it, and, uh, you know, I'm just moved every time I see the audience, you know, everyone in the audience, just they're they enjoying themselves. You know? uh, the band that you played with, uh, uh, a collection of real heavyweights, it was you... David Murray, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, I, I was reading in 1980, the Village Voice voted him Artist of the Decade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a giant, a musical giant. Yeah, you know, we all were doing our, th you know, doing our thing, trying to make a, try to make a way for ourselves. And he's been consistent. Uh, Cahill has been consistent. Even Craig Harris was, who didn't play with us, he played with another configuration. Cahill Elzabar played. He, I think yeah. his son had just got a, uh, accepted at the University of Pennsylvania. Right, 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 so right. He, he promised he's going to be around more. And there was a young saxophonist. Uh, Kier, Kier uh, Neuringer yeah. from, yeah. from Philadelphia. And um, he's, uh, he's also on his way of doing some really incredible things in terms of working in improvisational kind of concepts. And, you know, it was just great. And I knew that he would work as well because I had checked him out. And I knew that he would fit perfectly with that particular unit. Well, that was that was funny. That was the question because you know, seeing these three guys on stage who I have such, you know, history with just their music, and like, who's this young man? Yeah, 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 I don't yeah, know yeah. him. You gotta let the young. You gotta let the guys in. You and gotta, he you know? he really can play. Yeah, he can really <laughs> play. Yeah. As soon and, as he started playing, like, oh, that's why. Oh, yeah, up there. yeah, right. <laughs> absolutely. You know, and he was really respectful too. You know, I remember because. You know, it was funny. We started playing, and then I was like, "When is he going to play? When is he going to start?" You know, but he was just like letting David do his thing. You know, being respectful. You know, and and and, and honoring, then he, he honoring. came in in the same tone that sort of David right, was right. going out with. Right, exactly. And I right, didn't right. know it was him at first. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, like he just, you know. You know what? When you hear the record, when you when I heard the record, when I was mastering the record, I was like, "Wow!" Now I know that I know that. Uh, David started this thing off, but then he tapered off, and then I'm hearing this other sound over here on the left side of the speaker. Oh, that's Kier. Okay, but it sounded mesh. It kind of meshed, you know. Yeah, that was yeah. that was that was really great. I, I talked to him afterwards. He gave me a little stack of recordings he made that okay. were all wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I, and I said, you know, you're, you're up there with some pretty heavyweight <laughs> people tonight. How did how did that come together? And he looked at me as as honest as, as a man could be. He said, I have no, no idea. idea right? <laughs> he said, when Janaldine told me, I thought he must think I'm somebody. else. Else. <laughs> <laughs> no, he who he, he he is who he is, and Kier. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing more things with him being in Philadelphia. I'm like all the cats, you know, you know, you know. I I do a lot of traveling throughout Europe, and I know what's going on there. I know like the folks that have been doing their stuff. I know the folks that are coming up, and to me, Kier is one of those guys here in Philadelphia, you know, with Bobby Zankel and, and and all those guys who are doing some things. And uh, I guess it was, uh, it was last year was uh, the return of uh, prime time. You played a, a big show yeah, in New York, yeah. right? We, we did a show. We did actually two shows. We did one in San Francisco at the Not So Blues Festival, and uh, which is huge there in yes, the park, really right? Huge yeah. in the park. Um, and, um, we did that, and then we did Lincoln Center, and that was really incredible. And that was just the you know impetus to just go ahead and just continue on with honest music because that's what it really comes down to. It's not really about the individuals. It's not really about us. It's about you know the music and keeping that music going. 
Yeah, yeah, I remember the the band Old and New Dreams uh, mm. back a few years ago uh, when Ornette was still around. Uh, it was uh, uh, all people who played with them, Charlie Hayden yeah. and Dewey Redmond, and then they were uh, concentrating a lot on Ornette's music. And uh, the music is so uh, is so uh, timeless and rich, and yep. uh, there's so much to it that uh, it's a shame to think of these people that were the major collaborators with Ornette wouldn't be back and uh, playing together. Who is in the group at, the, at this uh, point? Yeah, uh, with Charles... Um with Donardo on drums, um, uh, G. Calvin Weston on drums, uh, Charlie Ellaby on guitar. Uh, of course, Bern Nix passed away. Yeah, sorry to hear. So Kenny Vessel is going to, um, you know, take his uh, spot, uh, and myself on bass. And this year we're going to have um, a really special guest. When we when we at when we were at Lincoln Center, we had David Mary join us, and we had Vernon Reed join us, and we had. Um, Kid Jordan, the saxophone uh, Jordan. Wonderful Jordan. player from New Orleans, yeah. Mm, from New Orleans. And this time we're going to have Odine Pope join with us, oh, which great. is interesting because I think somehow Gennaro is thinking of all of Ornette's peers, all of his, uh, you know, all of his uh, folks that were um, thinking like him musically, same age, same experience, and wanting to bring that in to the, into the, uh, to the music. Uh, and then perhaps deal with some younger folk later. But right now, it's important that 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 spirit, that spirit, and and we really weren't trying to get anybody to sound like one. That's that's not what you know. Uh, the melodies they speak for themselves, and and we wanted to make sure that um, musically it was just moving forward. You know, so Odin was a perfect, and that was and that was not not my suggestion. Actually, I was not really thinking of who or what who we could probably use for that, but Donardo put it up because he knows Odin as well. And I was like, oh, absolutely, that's fantastic. I was really happy about that because Odin was responsible for, and Sherman Ferguson and Tyrone Brown and Eddie Green, they were they had a band called Catalyst. Uh, uh, legendary band, yeah, Catalyst. 70s, sure. And they were responsible for me getting my first job with Ornick, or with uh, Charles Erlin. So there's a connection with myself and Odin and everybody that was from that camp. So for Donardo to mention uh, Odin playing with Primetime, that was exceptional.
Uh, I was uh, pleasantly surprised to uh, be watching uh, The Tonight Show and uh, who should <laughs> pop up a few months ago. But uh, Jamaladeen and Takuma, the honored guest there, uh, playing bass with The Roots. And I, 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 I was going to ask you, do you know The Roots? How far yeah, yeah, do you go yeah, back well, with The Roots? You know, the, well, what happens, you know, I know those guys, um, when, they, you know, they, when they first started, you know, here in Philadelphia, they were doing their thing. I kind of like, you know, kind of helped them get connected to a European scene. I, I kind of connected them with the Morris Jazz Festival. And they, you know, I think their first trip to Europe, they went over there through uh, through myself and, and the Morris Festival. And, um, you know, they also recorded on, well, Tariq and, and Questlove, they recorded on a record that I did called Groove 2000. You know, so I, I know those guys quite well. So... I guess they were thinking about me <laughs> and, and invited me to come on the show with them. And that was that was really nice to be able to do that. And uh, they just let me do my thing. And uh, it was nice. It was That was a nice evening, yeah. And records up in New York, I guess? Uh, they all took place in New York, yeah. Yeah. At, yeah. at, the, at, the, uh, at the TV station. What tunes did you do with them? Uh, I did... Uh, um, what was that? Uh, Relax, which was a tune that I did with them at Grover Washington Jr. Uh -huh. You know... Um, if you don't have a copy, I got to get that copy to you. Oh yeah, please. yeah. Relax, <laughs> and uh, some other tunes that they some other tunes that they picked out. Yeah. But we started off playing my song "Relax." No, oh, that's wonderful. That was cool. That's wonderful. And and Fallon, he was a cool guy too. You know, he came up to me and. You know, it was like asking me about my instrument. You know, and, and, and all, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you look on YouTube, there's a there's a, a clip of Jamal Adin, uh, to be seen uh, on VH1. Was it back in the nineties? VH1, 90s? yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave you some real space there to, the, yeah, to it was, uh, yeah. That was it. Was always some good stuff that was going on. You know, I mean, they 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 let me like pick some vid videos at the time that was happening, and also they let me play there. So that was that was really cool. That was cool as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And H uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> I might have mentioned this the last time you were in. The one that really caught my 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 kid's eye was uh, Jamal Dean was on a trip over to Australia. And next thing I know, he's on the, the with the Wiggles. <laughs> actually, we did that. In New York. Actually, we did that in New York. You know, let me tell you a story. What happened with that? I um. I, uh, the Wiggles, I, I should say, Australian <coughs> children's yeah. uh, rock band. Rock band, uh, very yeah, popular. that are uh, huge. Yeah, originally and, from Australia. Uh, from originally from Australia, that's correct, Dan. And what happened was I took them to, they, they had a performance at the Tower Theater, and my grandson had been, you know, looking at the Wiggles for such a long time, you know, <laughs> just loving them, knew all the songs, and was dancing, you know. Fruit waving, salad. Waving, yeah, fruit salad, you know, the, the whole bit. So I, I wanted to surprise him by taking him to the concert at the Tower, and he was like, he was really happy. My grandson was really happy about that. So the next day, I go to have breakfast at one of my favorite breakfast spots in, in, in West Philly. And who come, who's come walking in? The Wiggles. They walked in for breakfast that morning. And I was like, wow, these are, these are the Wiggles, right? So, you know, I went over to them and I introduced myself. I said, you know, I took my grandson to, the, to see your show yesterday. And he really enjoyed himself. I enjoyed you guys, you know, whatever, whatever. And I, you know, showed him who I was on on, um, on Facebook and you know whatever. <laughs> so I gave him my number, and then soon, I think, soon as I, about an hour later, uh, we got an email. My sister got an email saying that the Wiggles wanted to do wants to do something with you. And I was like, really? <laughs> and then we got another email saying, oh, would, you know, Anthony wants you to come to New York to do um, an episode with them. So they wrote a song for me called 
uh, bass guitar man, you know, play that bass guitar, play that bass guitar. You know, I was like, wow. So that was crazy. So we did that in um, a, rendition, a rendition of Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, you know. And, you know, it was fun working with them. And um, it was actually one of the best, pay- one, was, one of the best gr- paying gigs I ever did. <laughs> was, was your grandson impressed? <laughs> he was impressed. First of all, he kept looking. I said, you know, Anthony's going to come see us one day. He said, no, he not. And so, and then I showed him the, the TV. He's like, is that going to be on the TV? I said, yup, that's going to be, that's Grandpa and the Wiggles on TV. He was floored. I said, I got to give you some of this money that I made, grandson. Because <laughs> if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't get hooked up. <laughs> so that was cool. That was cool. Uh, talking about money, I, 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 you have another uh, – uh, another side, another element <laughs> of uh, of Jamal Dean. I was going to mention your uh, the boutique. Yeah, that you the have. red the red carpet room, which is like getting like all this big news now. The red carpet room, which is um, it's uh, it started off as a sort of a side thing that I was doing, sort of uh, providing guys with some really cool um, cl- items, you know, men's accessories or clothing, whatever uh, that I would find when I would travel. Because, you know, like the whole designer stuff or whatever, or just like really cool uh, vintage wear, um, guys that are really interested in that, to really find stuff in good condition and good quality and good style, it's hard for them to find. So I would do that for them. So I was basically like a, a shopper for a bunch of guys. And so... <laughs> and so are what, these guys probably musicians? People so, like to go well, on stage well, well, with they were, nice? they were, they were, they were just basic guys who like to just get sharp all the time. And then it kind of like, then I started thinking, I was like, well, you know, I want to help some of these musicians out as well. You know, the whole idea of just having excellence in your appearance, I think is a very important factor in, in being an artist. And so that was important for me to... Um, to try to help the guys out. Not that they needed so much help, but I just wanted to help them to define a certain kind of vibration and look that they could, you know, that they can have while they're on stage as well as when they're off stage because they, their women always appreciated them looking good. So, <laughs> and, if, and if you've seen Jamal Adeen, he's somebody you would look at and think, he can help me look a little better. He can, he can up my game a and, little and, bit. And, you know, and, and you, would be, you, would be, you would think that, you know, guys would be like, no, I'm not letting him do that. But they trust me. You know, they trust me. And they, they go, well, you know, well, you know, oh, this is not so bad. Okay. And then when they go home and their wives or their women are like, oh, that looks really great. They, they, now they're really, you know, they're caught. So, you know. It's, I, it's I, do see, I do see, uh, it seems like a lot of uh, musicians passing through town that are at the boutique and they're always yeah. modeling some stunning yeah. accessory. That uh, Oh, man, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, this voc- this uh, vocalist named Jane and her, and her husband, Kevin, Haley, they uh, they came past yesterday, and um, you know they bought some things for themselves. And actually, we did a little impromptu setup there also that I'm going to show on Facebook. You know, we did a little, little playing because oh, wow. he's a bass. Kevin's a bass player, so he played upright. I played electric. So we were up in the red carpet room playing, and they were buying like jackets and playing. We playing music, and they're buying jackets, and <laughs> she's trying on sunglasses, and we're playing music, and you know it's cool. So all the guys that you know they come through Philadelphia, they they come by, you know. Um, who was or Aaron Parks was over there not too long ago. He bought some real funky sunglasses and some nice, real cool jackets that you know. So he actually he bought a real cool like vintage Japanese silk like kimono kind of like three quarter length kind of 
you know, shawl collar thing, 1930s, some kind of thing. Wow. That he's he's going to probably wear on stage, you know, whatever. So I'm like, I'm like, wow, they trust me. So hey, you know, my job is to go out there and find the stuff, you know, and, and bring and just bring it back. Yeah, it's, it's funny when it, when we first met here at the radio station, I said, oh, if you're going into town, you might want to know where the the record store is. You're like, now I, I want to know where the used clothing store is. Right, 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 right. That's when I learned something about Jamalji. Record uh, store. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got all the records. I, I, I got to find other stuff. But yeah, I, you know that's that's it's it's a nice thing. Um, it's just a wonderful thing, and also for me to see the guys like you know really, you know because you know when you're looking really well, you you feel better as well. I mean that's not the whole thing. Being healthy is important as well. You know, having a good attitude about yourself, being positive about everything that you deal with is important. But also, you know, when you walk on stage and you have something that makes the audience feel good from seeing you. Because I know myself, when I, when I go to a concert, I want to I see those artists looking really great. You know, I don't want to see something that I would normally see just walking around the street. I want to see that they, I want to feel as though they put some effort into their aesthetic. This past week, uh, speaking of Facebook, I saw over and over on Facebook a lot of people posting the article that ran in the Philadelphia Inquirer. Why is Jamal Adin, why is the, a, a great jazz bassist crying in City Hall <laughs> with a, with a oh close-up of, uh, of Jamal oh Adin in a, in a moment where he's obviously oh, moved? Man, I tell you, you know, I, I am really, um, you know, I, I can get really filled up in certain instances and um, sometimes when I hear music or I hear the Quran being read, or I hear certain musical passages, whatever. I can get really filled up. And then this, in this, and then in this case, I was, um, I was just sitting there waiting for to be presented the award, uh, to for the award to be presented to me. And Mayor Kenny started reading off everything, and then they started showing a video. And then all of a sudden, everything that I, you know, had been working. It sort of just just all in front of me, you know, and it just it just overwhelmed me, you know. Yeah, and you're talk. surrounded by people who love you. Yeah, sure. yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, like you know, like I mean, I don't have I don't have any enemies, and anyway, <laughs> everybody is always happy around me anyway. But this particular day, it seemed like everybody was like overly joyed or something. Like smiles were like just like all oh, everywhere. I was just surrounded by everybody that you know came out to support me and celebrate that with me. And then I just started thinking about you know, my mother, how we were walking down um, area, Germantown and Airy Avenue and looking in a pawn shop. And before I knew how to play the bass, I looked up in the pawn shop and said, oh, I would like to have that instrument. And then 
two weeks later, I came home and my mother and my sister, you know, put the money together and bought me. It was a base, a box on the, my bed with the bass guitar inside of it. And so for all those, uh, for that f full year, I just stayed in my room and just pr played and practiced. And so, you know, I, I, all those thoughts just came to mind. You know, all everybody who just helped me out early on and, you know, all the music teachers I had in school, you know, and just everything and everybody, you know, the mentors that I had and people who believed in me. So, and I got up there and I was just, <laughs> and, and, and the choir used that, that photo. <laughs> And, I, and not only did I have, like, one hand up to my eyes, I had, like, both hands. I mean, it's like a little boy. It's like both hands on my eyes. It was so funny. Uh, I, I, was thinking of, uh, I was thinking of how it's a great uh, piece for manhood to have a, a man crying there. I was thinking of uh, the Free to Be You and Me show when Rosie Greer sang that song, It's oh. All Right to Cry. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> i got to check that out. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, oh, it was very moving. And, uh, you know, the people I know that worked with you in, in Philadelphia were all uh, very happy and very moved by the yeah. award, too. The Benny Golson Award. Benny Golson Award, that yeah. Nice. He was not able to attend, but his family, all of his family was there. I looked behind me, they were all sitting behind me. And that was a great that was a great and thing. And Benny's still with too. us. Yeah, he's still with us. That's yep. right. He's still yeah, with he us. Did, yep. And in the 90s, he did some soundtracks for some indie, some indie films and yep, stuff. Yep, some indie but, uh, films. Uh, incredible songwriter, uh, Philadelphia. Killer you know, Joe, you know. Icon, <laughs> Killer Joe, uh, that, that Quincy Jones version, <laughs> boy. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a very. Uh, uh, very nice to see you uh, being yeah. honored for uh, so much you've done in Philadelphia and continue to do in Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, I know you were at a point in your career when, uh, you know, New York must have really called to you in, in the 80s. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you, know, the, you know, I mean, and not only, not only New York, you know, like other parts of the world, you know, that um, I could have, like, just left Philadelphia and just, you know, hung out there and some spot in Switzerland or some or you know Italy somewhere all the closes in Italy so that would have been <laughs> that would have been cool but I chose to stay in Philadelphia you know to f f number one for family and then just to keep that that this energy that's this uh this creative purpose that we have to keep that going keep that alive and and just to be able to forge uh new uh you know relationships and and try to you know bring about musical change you know and that's why i stayed and 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 and, and i could live i could have lived any part of the world that i wanted but you know it, it's nothing for me to go uh to some place in germany and know those areas and then come back home and go to 20 you know 12th and oxford and know those areas and go to you know 10th and diamond and know those areas so it's all the same to me you know the world is the same to me the world has actually gotten smaller and, you know, the communication has gotten, you know, much tighter with people that you work with and, and that. So, but, you know, Philadelphia is a very special place to me. And, and I, you know, I, I have to be here, you know, and I have to. And, and every place that I've gone in the world, I, I always put Philadelphia first, you know, I always put Philadelphia first, you know. Oh, that's great. That's mm -hmm. great. I, I talked to. Uh uh, over a decade ago, I guess I talked to Sonny Murray, who, Sonny who Murray, recently yeah. passed away. Mm -hmm. I was at his uh, his uh, tribute a while ago, but he he really got across the the, the sort of bittersweet quality of being an expatriate because he'd moved to to Paris a at long that time point. Ago, yeah, and he said, you know, I'm getting older now. I have health care. You know, I'm taken care of. Right, but, right. Uh, but I, I I come back to Philadelphia, and all my friends are here, and you know, I wish they could have what I have there. Yeah, and yeah. you know, he really, you know, felt split between the two places. Yeah, there. yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. But I had so many kids, so it was like I, I couldn't go anywhere. So how, how many kids do you have? I have ten children. You have ten children. I have ten children. So it was like I, I have to, you know, I have to plant myself here to be here for them, you know, as much as I could be, and 
and uh you know just be there you know just you know when they, if they ever decide to call you know because kids as they get older you know like when are you going to call your father? When are you going to call your mother? When are you going to come see us? You know, they don't they don't do that so often. But and I understand that, and I understand that you know finding your way as a as a as a young young man or young woman. Um, but I just wanted to make sure that I was here when they ever they did want to call, I would be here. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Did any of them play play music? Uh, actually, not. You know, and and I never really I never really you know a, a lot of them are artists. You know, but I, I never really encouraged them to play music. Because, you know, the music business is a very interesting business, you know. I mean, you know, aside from the create, creative part about it, anybody can pick up an instrument and start playing it. But then when you start getting into the, the business of it, it becomes really a different kind of an animal. And you got to work, you know, you got to deal with it uh, in, in ways that, you know, you, you don't deal with other things. And, 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 and especially in, in order to try to keep yourself consistent, you know, and to make a living, you know, you have to deal with it in a certain way. And. You know, and I, I didn't want to see them going through that, and, and especially the girls. I definitely didn't want to see them having to deal with that. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it almost seems like a, a calling. The way you know you hear about a a pastor, you know, getting the call. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Like <laughs> if, if 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 you're not hearing the call, if you're not then, the call, no. <laughs> then, no. Uh, and then you know, and it wasn't like you know I, I'm being the, their father and you know putting this on them. Oh, you're going to play music. You're going to play. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to do that. It, you know, as well. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so what's uh, what's ahead for you uh, for the rest of the year here? Um, hopefully, um, you know, to continue with this Jamal Productions. I'm, I'm trying to put together my book right now. Two books, actually. One book. First time hearing of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two books. One book, um, just basically transcription of all my melodies, um, having them all together in the in the – in, in the one place that you know students and and folks could you know refer to those melodies and refer to the to the music. How many how um, many songs do you think you've written over oh, the years? I I, I I can't even remember how many albums I've done. You know, but I gotta <laughs> say, you know, like but when you come to my my place, it's just like post. It's like stuff everywhere that's been collected over the years. You know, just photos, posters, because I keep everything. So I have posters, photos, um, recordings, you know, rehearsal recordings, demo recordings, this, that, and the other. And so, and then also the recordings that were released, and that's, it's a lot of that stuff. And then all of the stuff that I've performed with other people or songs that I've written on other people's records or, or just songs that I produce for records that, you know. So it's, and it's very eclectic as well because it wasn't only the jazz stuff. It wasn't only the improvisational stuff. It wasn't only the R&B stuff or it wasn't only the, the, the hip hop stuff that was happening early on in hip, you know. Yeah. So it was like, it's just a lot of things, you know. I, I have those Cosmetics 12 inches. Yeah, the Cosmetics 12 inches. <laughs> there was one DJ named La, uh, Lawrence La La Levon from Philly. Huh. Used to be on WDAS, and uh, and he uh, he he we 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 put together a, a song called the WAP, and it was a it was a it was and somebody actually knew about that record, you know, and it was like an early hip hop record, you know, and so here in Philly, so it, you know, so it's a lot of stuff that I've done, you know. Yeah, and so you know, I'm going to put together all of those melodies in one book, and then I'm going to have uh, some stories along with that, those melodies and, and things like that. And then the second book is going to be a book on style and fashion, which is it's just appropriate for me to do that as well. And this, the name of the book is going to be called Philly Style: The Memoirs of a Spidiac Fashionisto. Spidiac. <laughs> <laughs> Spidiac. Spidiac was a term that we used to use in Philadelphia, North Philly, of someone who was. Highly dressed, you know, in the neighborhood, you know, <laughs> and they had a they had a really good, uh, um, 
you know, uh, uh, idea about what they wanted to wear and how they wanted to put it together. And they were always, you know, real sharp. So Spidiak. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. Spidiak Fashionisto. Uh, and, uh, and, and the shoes, uh, they, 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 they do stand up to, uh, to uh, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, yeah, the, the, <laughs> they are, they are their own thing. They're, yeah, they're, they're like, like, what are those things, right? They're, they're gorgeous. They're super gorgeous. They're, they're red and black, uh, two of my favorite colors together. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to tell my cool. friend over the record exchange. I, I got to get a picture of those shoes, I think. <laughs> Before I go, so oh, <laughs> we'll know. Um, thanks so much for for coming out, oh, Jamaladine. Dan, thank you so much for having us each and every time. I really appreciate it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a blessing to uh, be able to tap into the incredible talent that's uh, and here. And just to know that you are that you are a Mysterians fan, and <laughs> we got you know. You know, you got to come. You know, I want you. To, I want to invite you over to the red carpet room because you know what I've been doing yeah. is that, and I did it once. I did. I, I, I'm doing this thing called the red carpet room screenings. Oh wow! And you know, like a few guys, not a whole bunch of guys, just you know, maybe two or three guys. Um, you know, they, 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 we can pick something that they want to see. We have some good food over. We just have some good food, and we'll just watch some crazy stuff that we haven't seen in a long time, and just giggle and crack up and just look, you know, and just <laughs> something to do, you know. I would be and, completely up for that. Yeah, I, I love I, watching. I, I had one one time. I had one with the guys. That, um, we watched Matt Helm. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> and we were cracking. Dean up. Martin, the the silencers, the ambushers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, because you know he was also very, very sharp in those movies. You know, those yeah, movies. yeah. So anyway, so you know, but there, I would love to get you over. We can sit down and watch some of those uh, those Japanese flicks. You know. Some oh man, cool. yeah, definitely. Look yeah. me up. That'd be great. <laughs> so <some> good food. <laughs> You know, and just watch that stuff, you know, on the big screen and just like, wow. You know? So the message here is check out the music of Jamal Dink Takuma and check out the Mysterians. Mysterians, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Jamal Dink. We're going to go out with uh, one more from your uh, your record from last year, uh, Now a Soul Experience. Uh, you love is, that record, don't you? I do love this record. <laughs> I, I, uh, I have only become more absorbed in African music over the years. I'm collaborating with some musicians uh, uh, from from the Ganawas that live here in Philadelphia, and uh, most of the guys I know live in New York, and of course, of course, all the maiden guys there in, in Morocco. But um, yeah, so we're going to do a concert here in Philadelphia, and when we do it, I'm going to let you know about it. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. And this record uh, half recorded and uh, half recorded in Morocco, half recorded in Philadelphia, and some different parts of the world. Wherever I was at, Paris, Paris, and you know, Austria, whatever. And wherever King, I was King Britta, King Britta does on some it, work yeah. on it. Bob and, Wisdom, the actor that does. Um, he does a lot of different things. He was on the wire, I think. You know, yeah. he's on he's on one of the tracks there, and um, yeah, yeah, it, it's a, it's a stunner. Uh, so, uh, from the now soul experience, this is uh, Soria. How do you pronounce that uh, word? Soria, Soria, Soria Groove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Groove. Uh, so we've been listening to Jamaladeen Takuma. Keep Thanks a lot for coming too, out. And, uh, <laughs> Thank you, Dan. <laughs> Ibadago, I go more you by Omodeco. Ibadago, I go more you by Eleguacholona. Say the word love. Say the word love. Say the word happiness. 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 
Dima, 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 Dima. Always. You showed us love. You showed us your heart. We love you. Salam. Bob Wisdom, give it up for Bob. Woo! Shukran, brother. Shukran. Alhamdulillah. Woo! One, two, three, four. That's it for today's show. Thanks again to Jamal Adin. His show with the Ganawa Soul Experience happens this Saturday, November 17th at the Clef Club. You can go to clefclubofjazz.org for more info. Check out my Shakespeare on Film class at Fleischer.org. December 13th, I'll be hosting the band Basquiat Blues and the film All Night Long at the Rotunda. You can hear me spinning jazz and beyond at WPRB Princeton Wednesday at 11 a.m. EST to 2 p.m., both over the air and at WPRB.com. You can check out 46 previous episodes of the Fun to Know podcast through SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. And I hope you will return soon for more Fun to Know. We're free, I tell you. So wake up. It's time.